Buzz time with News Talk ZB's chief political reporter, Jason Walls. Jace, how you doing? Yeah, real good. How are you? Uh, yeah, I can't complain. How's that protest going, buddy? Oh, it's, it's well, uh, peaks in troughs. I thought <laughs> yesterday it was looking like it was winding down. A lot of the people that were outside um, in front of Parliament where the tents were, had um, they weren't there. It, was, it seemed a lot more quiet, and a lot of the cars from outside um, Parliament at the bottom of Lampton Quay had up and left. Um, but, you know, this morning there was some more um, action from the police. So, you know, it's peaks and troughs, swings and roundabouts at the moment. So comparing it to its peak, what does it look like now? Well, I would say the peak was probably about last Thursday, Friday, maybe over the weekend. Unfortunately, I wasn't there, but um, there was just thousands and thousands of people there and um, and hundreds of cars that were lining up. Um, compared to there, it's it's fallen off probably about by 20, 30 percent, I would say, um, as a as a guesstimation. But, you know, it's the, the people that are left, the people that are holding on the, the tightest who are going to be the hardest to move. But, you know, so far it's been I mean, we've seen isolated incidents. Uh, well, not isolated, actually. They've been coming in a little bit more frequently than a lot of people would like. Um, uses of violence. But when you compare it to BC, what's happening in Canada and um, other places where we've seen similar protests, I think we're going to look back at this and say um, it wasn't as violent um, as it probably could have been. Jason, I'm trying to get a feel for from when I went round. I went round last Friday, uh, walked right round the whole inside Parliament grounds and everything with the you know, in the in the movement. Uh, what does it look like compared to that? Does it still look like there's tents covering the whole grounds? I'm trying to get a picture of what it feels like now. Or does it feel like you can see ground and you can see gaps and you can see areas around? Well, well, many of the tents are still there. I don't think that's changed, just the people. And so maybe a lot of it is right at the early days of the protest, they were standing up at the front next to the barrier and there were speeches and there were lots of people and um, there was an increased police presence. That's not really there anymore and a lot of people have actually because it's become an encampment, are actually just going around the camp and in various tents, they could be in their own tents or, the, or in the food tent and things like that. So it's got more of a... Um, and excuse the phrase, more of a community sort of feel at this stage, more as the more than a protest feel. But every every time the police do move in at different parts of the encampment, that protest vibe comes right to the floor again. Is that uh, an original word? I've never used. You ever heard encampment before? But I love it. Is that is that you original? No, I didn't come up with that. I think no. it's a it's a it's been used for many many a year okay. back in the day when people were sieging outside um, cities and castles. They would have their encampment there surrounding. Oh, love, it. love it. Okay, we're expecting an announcement from the government today to move for phase to phase three of our Omicron approach. What will phase three look like? Yeah, so that is highly expected to come in just over an hour's time. Um, we always, we, the Prime Minister was asked about it the other day and said that the fa- Phase 3 announcement was coming very soon. And, of course, Ashley Bloomfield and Chris Hipkins will be fronting this announcement um, very soon. But day th- um, Phase 3 is just – and it does get a bit confusing, doesn't it? We first had the, uh, the level system, then the traffic light system. Now we're into the phase system before we move back into the traffic light system. So um, I understand 
and if listeners are a little bit confused to tell the truth, I think a lot of us are as well. But basically, the overarching message on this is fewer people are going to have to come to isolate if they come in contact with a case. Um, that mean, That's basically because there are just going to be a, a, a lot, a lot, a lot of cases. We've seen exponential growth within the last couple of months. And we saw um, cases moving into the thousands um, every single day. In fact, looking at the curve, it's not so much a curve anymore as it is a wall that just keeps tracking upwards in terms of cases. So it also means that there's going to be an enhanced use of um, rapid antigen testing. Um, the government has gotten million, tens of millions of those into the country and is still looking to get them in. There have been questions raised whether they should have done that sooner and should have been a bit more prepared. Prepared, but there is going to be an increased use of rat tests. But it also means that we can um, look ahead to seeing thousands more cases, maybe even into the tens of thousand cases a day in the coming weeks. Um, probably coming weeks, actually, I would say. Yeah. Um, Ardern said that she's expecting the peak to be in three to six weeks. And the closeness things change because, you know, basically you've got to live in the same house or kiss somebody to be a close contact. Well, you, I mean, you, you've got to get closer. I, I don't think the, the the official definition is the kissing. Although well, I've, um, <laughs> I've read it, I read it. It wasn't something that I that I made up. I, I, I tell you what, we can probably advise people not to kiss people with COVID, especially if you don't know them. <laughs> I think we stopped kissing now. Eh? Yeah, okay. I, I haven't I haven't kissed in years. <laughs> don't tell my fiance. <laughs> okay, let's change the subject before you get into trouble. Or I get into trouble. One of us loses our job. It seems like. More young people are keen on the National Party. When we say young, we're saying, I believe it was under 40. Yeah, so this is um, my colleague Thomas Coughlin has put some look, been looking at some numbers from the courier data that's been coming out from the polling. Um, and it shows exactly what you've said. Young people are coming back to national. And I think under the John Key years, they had a very strong youth contingent, the young Nats. But when they were in opposition, um, when they first started, and then under um, under Judith Collins, that really did taper away quite a bit. Um, and I'd, it's it's hard to know what it's pinned on because you never really know. You see a lot of people with theories. One of them is that um, obviously COVID, this has been dragging out for a long time and young people look to Lux and then they look to National and they look to this idea of they're looking to say, okay, well, restrictions need to be eased and the government is still kind of... Well, I don't want to say dragging their heels, but they're still working through the data and looking at the science and don't want to do anything before the peak hits. But also, I mean, I think there's an element of young people wanting to be the underdog, but also on the winning team. There's nothing better than being on the team that comes from behind and wins because it gives you a, a bit of a sense of self-satisfaction. And that's kind of what's happening within National now. We have, they're not winning in the polls, but they have every chance that they're going to take the 2023 election. In fact, it's looking more likely now than it ever has um, for the party since it's been in opposition. So there could be elements of that. Yeah, I, got a, I get a feeling that they feel fresher and younger, even though they're not. You know, you know what I'm saying? Ardern's very young and very fresh, but I just get a feeling that they're, they're portraying this, you know, let's get this thing done sort of approach the National Party. Yeah, and they're really, really leaning into Chris Luxon. When he took over, they they really, really exploded in the polls and have got to levels that they haven't seen for a number of years um, since they were first in opposition when Simon Bridges was at the helm. And Simon Bridges is now 
quite an effective finance spokesperson um, within Nationals ranks. So it's looking good for them, although, um, you know, I would point out that it's a race to 61 seats. And so the problem that they're having is they're drawing a lot of support from the ACT Party, and they need the ACT Party to get to that 61 seats. Meanwhile, um, Labour and the Greens, um, the Greens have been holding very steady um, and the, the Labour Party's only been going down a little bit, and some polls going up. So if National really want to get across the line, they really need to start chipping some votes away from the Labour Party. Can I just ask you a quick question about body language? You've seen Christopher Luxon around the beehive. Does he feel, does he look like he's got that body language of a leader ready to take over, or is he still sort of trying to be behind the scenes? Well, he's got the body language of a CEO, I would argue, and yeah, that's because okay. he was one for a while. And the, the thing is that the body language of a CEO and a prime minister are pretty similar. Yeah. I mean, he does have his little quirks. For example, when he leaves a press conference, he knocks twice on the podium that he is on. Yep, just like that, um, before leaving. And I, I'm, it's, I'm not sure if you've seen House of Cards, but <laughs> Frank Underwood does the same thing as he leaves. So I'm not sure if it's okay. a, a, a learned or an inherited trait um, from him. But yeah, you know, he. Um, I think a lot of it is the behind-the-scenes work. They had a speech on Monday where they did it, and it looked like a state-of-the-nation speech. Um, so that really helps with the statesman look. So Thanks, Jace. Knock three times. I got it. Thank you. Appreciate you, as always, Jason.